What is happening, everyone? Hey, it's Nick with the Arsenal Bros. I'm here today to record with my friend Raph for a part one of our season review. Take a listen. What's up, everyone? Hey, it's Nick from the Arsenal Bros. We are here to start our end of the season review. Have a special guest with me. We got Raph back on. Raph, how are you, man? I'm all good, man. How are you? Doing great, doing great. I think uh, we've had enough time to cope with that end of the season and, and can talk a little bit about uh, it as a whole. So you've been yeah. to Emirates a couple times this season, haven't you? Oh, uh, yeah, for, yeah, for, I'd say most of the home games. I've missed a couple here or there, but yeah, been to most of the home games, been to a couple of the away games for the first time in my life. So that was a new experience. But yeah, I've I've had a really fun time, you know, being around the Arsenal, being around all the people that are involved with Arsenal and follow Arsenal like I do. So yeah, it's been a pleasure this whole season for me, I think. And hopefully the first first of many I have like this. Absolutely. Yeah, it's uh it's pretty amazing what it does to people when when things are going well, but there's just some there's just another layer to it i'm sure we'll talk more about it but i think for most younger arsenal fans like the both of us we didn't get to fully experience the invincibles and those great years so the years in between then have been uh you know not quite that but there's a special feeling i feel like that those times are are coming back yeah yeah i think in at least for me as a as a 21 year old it's probably the first time i've seen Arsenal, like you know, really play at the top, top level, the highest level, and because we haven't really done that in the Emirates, at the Emirates, like consistently. And the last time we probably did it, like for long stretches, was probably if you go back to the Highbury days, when obviously I wasn't really around for that, and most of the younger Arsenal fans weren't around for that. So for many people, this is the first time you know seeing Arsenal right at the. At the top level of of the of the Eng, of the, of English football, I think. Yeah, it, it it's been too long. I mean, I feel like we were a bit of a sleeping giant, and uh, we're awakening. And that's uh, yeah, being over here in the states, and fi- having finally made it to the Emirates for the first time, and it was just really cool being there at this point in the season, um, at, at this point in the rebuild too. The project, whatever you want to call it, um, to see it firsthand was was special. It was definitely even just watching it at the pub, watching it at home. You can tell there's just a different a different aura to all of it, and something's happening. And I don't know how it'll end, but it's uh, I, I feel like it's trending in the right direction for sure. Definitely, definitely is. Yeah. Well, let's chat a little bit about the season as a whole. Have some broad thoughts um, mm-hmm. to kind of get a little abstract and to get your thoughts um, just on the season as a whole. But then we have some, some awards I'll have you give out from there too. So my first question for you is what has this season meant to you? We've talked about that a little bit being younger Arsenal fans and not having, you know, those top, top years, but you know, it's more than just the season, isn't it? It's more than just the game. I mean, we've met this season. I've met, multiple others through the podcast and you know, made it there myself and, and excited to give, share this with my kids. I mean, going 
to the Emirates with my wife was really cool too. So just there's a lot of layers to it, especially even not living there and going weekly like most, like some can do. But what has this season meant to you? I think as I as I mentioned, like um, we kind I kind of discovered Arsenal as as a whole as a club for the first time in my life, and you know like I like I think many many of uh, the match going fans will agree with me is that we kind of like got it got in touch with the club again, and like the soul of the club and you know everything that you know Arsenal does, and every time you kind of went to the ground or you went around the ground, there was this like special buzz. And then obviously they introduced uh, the new um, artwork around the stadium, which kind of, it, it just made everything feel more special. And, you know, obviously it helps when you're winning. But right. I think the, fan, the fans have been like really special this season. Mm. And I think because of that, it's, it's just been a very nice place to go. And when you're not there, especially as a, as a regular match goer, when you're not there, you get this intense insane FOMO that you're you're missing out on something <laughs> special and uh, like if you can like somehow get your hands on the ticket you want to make sure that you go because it's just such a nice place to be and um for me personally this season has meant a lot because I've met so many new people through um through obviously through Twitter and just by going to matches I've met and like so many people have recognized me like when I've gone to when I went to Nottingham away, those mm. people recognized me on Twitter, which is like always sick. <laughs> and like, yeah, even when you're walking around the Emirates, because you're in this little Arsenal online bubble, you see a right. lot of things, familiar faces when just by like walking around the Emirates and you recognize many of the people as you go to the ground and you build these uh, friendships with the new people and people. And it's just, yeah, it's just nice to, you know, uh, have something like that. Yeah, there's just major layers to that, and it sounds yeah. like your your celebrity status is is growing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, what has changed? Is. What has changed with the fans? I mean, you know, uh, obviously the success of the team is helping, but I feel yeah. like people are starting to think like it's been a while since we did this. I think we're closer to doing it than uh, we have been in a long time. What do you think has changed with the fans? Because that's been very notable, but that uh, just around the Emirates, it's yeah, it's becoming think, a fortress. I think, yeah, I think what's what's changed most importantly is that, like before we kind of started this project, we had every single Arsenal team had this like you know weight of expectation and that we have to do something and like because. Like all, there were loads of senior players in the squad. Like beforehand, when we had players like Alexis Özil, they weren't like young players or anything. There was there was a certain amount of expectation with them. Mm. Uh, when when they kind of fell fell short of those expectations, it kind of created this bad atmosphere because fans kind of felt like we didn't really like fulfill our potential. Whereas now we have this young team. And young players, and everyone's kind. Of, when you kind of see Martinelli doing the stuff he does, when Saka does the dribbling he does, when Odegaard makes those passes, you you don't only see what you're seeing right there. You kind of project into the future as well, and you kind of imagine like what they're going to do next season in the Champions League and what they're going to do next season. 
if we're in title race again. And I think that kind of helps um, the fans to, you know, support that, support the team that bit more and kind of get behind the team. Even, you know, if we go a goal down, like we will we'll cheer the team back on. And that's, that's, that's actually been quite um, one of the things about the Emirates. Like every single time we've conceded a goal, we've uh, cheered the team back on, which is kind of, Quite special, I think, especially with Arsenal and considering how bad that atmosphere was like just mm. a couple of years, couple of years ago. So I think I think the fans just feel more connected to the club because because of the younger players, because of the work mm-hmm. Arsenal is doing, you know, with the local community and with like, you know, how they're integrating the women's team and all that kind of stuff. It, I think just fans just feel more involved in in what we're doing right now. Yeah, well said. You you kind of put my fringe thoughts all together there. You know, it's a it's a special group of characters and you feel like yeah. you know some of them are academy boys and you you've seen them grown up uh just in blossom people like Saka, people like mm-hmm. Smith Rowe and then you add Martinelli in there seeing him grow, you see Big Gabby seeing him, but also guys coming in with just chips on their shoulder like Ben White, like Aaron Ramsdale, Zinchenko and Jesus a little bit. Uh, Martin Odegaard is a huge, huge uh, example of that as well. And then being led by one of our own who just it just bleeds the passion of the club in Mikel Arteta, I think just adds another layer to it. Then you you tie things together with the community, with the women's team, with just even the artwork from around the stadium. I don't know. It's it's uh, just becoming a really, really special time to be a fan and you it's, just feel like things are happening. Yeah, when you walk around the stadium, you have these, there's the two artworks that really resonate with me. One is with all the all the flags of mm-hmm. the, the Arsenal supporters clubs all around the world. I think that's really special. And the other one is uh, the one with the little faces of all these Arsenal fans of all, like, you know, backgrounds. I think um, the artist is called uh, Ruben Dangor or something like that. He's made. He's done this brilliant job of you know painting each like real individual faces of Arsenal fans into into the into his artwork, which is obviously now uh, on the stadium. I think that that is like a really special thing that Arsenal have done, and just it makes it, it as I said, it just makes the fans feel like we're really part of this, and it's not only the squad that's doing it; like the fans are fully involved in this as well. Yeah, they're finding a way to just just really connect the fans to it because you know that's who who they play for, and yeah. you know as, as commercial as the game is, as much money is thrown around in the Premier League, especially with a team like Arsenal being a bigger club, it's uh, it, it is really humbling to have just that connection come, and that doesn't happen everywhere, and it doesn't happen overnight. We know when that connection wasn't there, and. That wasn't that long, long ago. Time. Yeah. It took us a long time. It wasn't long ago that we were, you know, protesting for the owners to get out get out of our club. And I was there. And I remember there mm. were so many people there as well, just ang- angry at what the club was doing. And that was, what, like two and a half years ago, maybe? Yeah. But not that long ago. So, so yeah, we've, we've come a long way from where we were as a club and as a fan base. And I think the club and the fan base see a season like this season not being the end and seeing bigger things ahead. And, but just being patient 
with that. So what was it like at the Emirates? It sounds like you made it to most of the home games, but um, surely special and, and loud, I think. Yeah, yeah loud. It's just, uh, it's just a party atmosphere all season. Mm. But and, that, and that's that's the exact word. Yeah. Like Even watching it on a screen, you can tell that it's a party. And uh, that's yeah. a... Uh, just as a fan, yeah, that's it, what you want. You, that usually means you're exactly what you're you being want. successful. Think, but yeah, I think the best, the only thing I can say about the Emirates is I, I saw this on Twitter. I think someone said it is that um, Arsene Wenger built the Emirates, mm. but Arteta turned the lights on. I think that was yes, that is very much true because what we're seeing now in terms of like the atmosphere, all the chants and everything, it's just the place finally feels like home. Like we can fully mm-hmm. embrace it. And like you know. There's TIFOs before every match now, and like there's TIFOs in the clock end and the North Bank, and it's just, it's just a nice place to be, to be honest. That's all it is. And the songs are just belting out, and yeah, the, the amount I of mean, new songs too. Yeah, it's it's crazy. And <laughs> like for example, like um, I think the last last match of the season, Wolverhampton, there's nothing on the line, and everyone was just there to have a good day and you know just sing their songs and you know. Have a have a drink with your mates or something, and like that. That's what that's what kind of I I took away from this. It's just a nice place to be with the Emirates. I love that. Like excited for that, just to continue getting Tuesday, Wednesday nights back in mm-hmm. its rightful home is going to bring it on. That's going to add another layer. That I think, uh, man, we haven't tasted that piece of pie in a long time. It will be uh, yeah. very sweet. Yeah, I mean, for example, I I've never seen. Um, Champions League football like I've never been to the Emirates when they're playing Champions League football I've only ever seen it on TV so it would be a first time for me as well so, man it'll be yeah, special it's, it's, it's gonna be special man. it's been too long <laughs> oh. my next question is what did you learn about this team you know we went through the documentary yeah. age last year yeah. and just every year with Mikel, it's been a bit of a transition. That project continues to have the phases. Yeah. The end of last season was quite the bitter pill. Can't believe we didn't qualify. But from then to this year, missing out on our ultimate goal still stings. But we made yeah, some massive like, strides. It's like we're, we're just fading upwards. That's what mm. we're doing. <laughs> we're just getting better. And at the same time, we're, we're kind of losing on whatever target we had. Or whatever target we set ourselves. But I think um, what I would say about this team, what I learned from this team, is that uh, I think the team has learned how to play Arteta's style of football. We can see it as clear as day. Everyone knows exactly what to do and where to be and where to pass the ball and what movement to make. But I think uh, what the next step for the team is to, you know, um, take advantage of when when you're playing good and you know and learn how to you know protect those leads and learn how to like you know manage a game that's that's the next that, that's the next step for the whole team and obviously I can I can appreciate what we've done this season but there's I feel like there's there was many uh, matches many scenarios where we could have maybe you know got a few more goals or you know done a better job of uh, you know protecting our lead I think but yeah, as, as a whole, this team still has a lot to learn, which is which is crazy to say because we we just finished second in the league with eighty four points, and 
at one point in the season we were what, on on track for like ninety four points, and we're still young. So it's as crazy as it sounds that there there is still a lot of improvements this team can make, and that's even without you know adding in any transfers or anything like that. Just these players on an individual level, there's so much more they can give us, which is you know it's quite scary to say because like if they if they play any better, they're going to win the treble for us. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So like you know, but yeah, that's I think that's what I've learned from the team as a whole. There's they still have a they still have quite a lot to learn. And I think that adds to the stuff around the club and just that feeling. And you just that is the this isn't the end. This wasn't the last dance no. by any means. And we that's showed no enough. sign of of doing that. We know things come up and injuries, roadblocks, whatever. But you're just so excited about what's ahead and you can tell they're not satisfied nobody is satisfied with how it finished and that's been a long time i mean seeing how much last season to this season we improved and people aren't happy is uh is good yeah i mean if you if you told me at the start of the season that you know we'd, we'd be finishing second and you'd be disappointed that you didn't win the league it would be quite quite insane to me considering we've been you know in this Top top four flux for for the last what five years or so. Mm-hmm. So it's 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 kind of insane to me that we've all of a sudden just you know gone on to this almost almost league winning form. So yeah, I think we still have a lot to give, and you know I, I've already seen loads of you know pundits and etc. Not even you know mentioning Arsenal when it comes to a title race. But I think I think we're here for good, and we're going to be here for for quite a long time if we get our transfers right and if these players keep growing the way they do. Absolutely, yeah. The recruitment has been there, and that's something that uh, after after tonight's final, hopefully, uh, hopefully the next mm-hmm. couple of days we get the bomba that we're looking for. But yeah, I need I need the here we go. I need it so bad. <laughs> yeah, towards the end of the season when I knew we weren't going to take care of the title my head immediately was in let's get to the summer because i need that i yeah. need this to happen so the, the the upgrades are so obvious that you kind of almost want it to be done as soon as possible so you can just get on with the new season because like it's just clear as day what we need to do and what we can do with those new signings and what levels they can take us to so it's just i'm just so excited for you know these Hopefully, guys like Declan Rice to come in and just you know elevate us that one 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 more level up, which you know hopefully you know helps us to maybe win the title next season because we just we fell just short this season, but there's honestly not much in it. Yeah, things just continue to trend in that right direction for sure. Uh, you talked about what you learned from the team. What did you learn about Mikel Arteta? Is there anything you noticed in the ground or just being around or just this season in general? What have you learned about him? I think Arteta has this core group. What the main thing I learned, he has this group of players that he really trusts. And he kind of, I think he doesn't like, you know, going outside of this group. And, you know, it can be a good thing. Because I think we're we're the 
team, I think we're the club with the least amount of changes in our starting eleven this season in the Premier League. Or, or we're, I'm pretty sure we're quite like, you know, at the bottom of the list. So it can be a good thing to, you know, find consistency and to find those patterns with, um, and, you know, make those connections with individual players. But at the same time, it can also, you know, be like the, the downfall of your team because when I, I, I didn't want to mention it, but when, when he, when like, you can see that he's obviously here, he has some amount of trust in Rob Holding mm-hmm. and for, you know, better or worse, it's kind of, kind of cost him. And, um, I think that's the main thing I've learned from him. Like when, when he trusts a player or a person, um, he will kind of, you know, fully, fully invest into that player, which can, you know, sometimes, uh, thing bite you back as it did with uh, some of the players that we have to play because of injuries and all that mm. kind of stuff. There's, there's definitely value in being a player in a team and having that trust. Yeah. But depending on who that is, if that doesn't yeah, come through. Yeah, then... At the same time, if you're not good enough, then that trust doesn't really mean much. Yeah. So, Def- like, for example, like I kind of, even right before when we went away to Man City, and I, I saw I kind of saw Rob Holding starting. I thought to myself, you know what, it's probably not going to end well. And mm. it, it was kind of the writing was on the wall, to be honest. With because there's only so far you can go with with some of these players because mm-hmm. like some of the they were good for us when we were you know going for the top four or you know going for a Europa League spot or playing like a five five two three deep block to win the FA Cup. Or something like that, but now we're, we're you know we're in the big leagues now. This is like, and it's not even the players' fault because there's only so much they can do. Um, but it's just, you know, we 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 need to make that step up in in now, and we need to make sure we play the right players and you know put our trust in the right profiles. So I think that that's the main thing I've learned from Arturo is that you know he he puts a lot of trust trust into players and. That doesn't always work out as it should. It's definitely a fine line between trust and and uh, yeah, trust trusting your team, but also being cutthroat with your team as well. And yeah. I I think that's what I've learned is that he's progressing, but con- needs to continue to find ways to be flexible and to be cutthroat when needed. Yeah. And I think we just haven't had maybe the squad for him to be able to do that with. And yeah. maybe he hasn't felt confident enough to do that. Um, yeah. But certainly yeah, but trending in the right direction. Yeah, it, but it's definitely something he needs to learn because it doesn't matter how big of a squad we have, but he hasn't made enough changes to his squad mm. this season. So like, you're never going to win the league with this system. You know how people used to go on about how Liverpool got really quite lucky with the injuries um, when when they won the league and they kind of had the same starting eleven over the whole season. Even even then, Liverpool made I, I can't remember the numbers, but Liverpool made way more like substitutions and changes to their starting eleven than than we did. So uh, I think the way we kind of went on about this season is it's not like a sustainable way of you know. Uh, trying to win the league and you, you just need to rotate your players you need to make sure you make use of the whole squad like there's there's 
there's a lot there's loads of players I can name this season that you know I would have liked to see more from and you know who they probably could have got more minutes it, whether they deserve those minutes is a different thing but we never got to see them in the first place so it's kind of hard to you know you know make a judgment on them so guys like you know Fabio Vieira mm-hmm. Smith Rowe Reese Nelson, I felt like Reese Nelson could have got many more minutes, but you know, I I think we just kind of need to take it take it as it is because remember we need to remember that Arthur is still a young manager, he's still learning, so hopefully this is and he he admitted he admitted that himself that you know he he needs to you know trust his guys more and he needs to there's more of a learning curve that he needs to take, so hopefully you know Arthur. I'm de- I'm sure Arteta learned a lot from his title race, and he'll take that with him going forward. But yeah, the, obviously Arteta still he has a lot to learn, and yeah, I'm definitely sure he'll make he'll make use of it. Yeah, I think just knowing him and his personality, he will take this and grow from it in yeah, in many ways, and this will not be a wasted season. Whereas, as always, other teams are finding ways to put us down that we bottled it. But oh, I think we're this wasn't a wasted season. Getting back in the Champions League was huge. But doing it the fashion that we did and 50 points halfway through the season is no fluke. Um, yeah. That was probably unsustainable. But it was uh, periods of the season like that show what we have. And with the rumored window that we have, just a reminder that we can push on to – even more things and it is a scary thought it has to be a scary thought for other teams knowing that Mikel is still such a young manager and yeah. has a uh, has more levels to to get to and and things to improve on and yeah I'd be terrified if I was uh, a rival and, and fan just, and just like Mikel he just seems clinically obsessed with this club and mm-hmm. the culture and everything around Arsenal of what it means to be Arsenal and he kind of like lives and breathes it. This is not a job to him. This is like his whole, whole life work and something that will, you know, that is a deep part of him. So you can see it when he speaks about Arsenal and when he's, you know, talking about us uh, or, you know, even in the Amazon documentary, all the stuff he saw. This is more than just the, you know, just a managerial job to him. This is everything to him. So I think, I think we're in really good hands. And we're only getting started here. Yeah, I like how you said that. It, it's very clear he's pouring everything he has into it, and probably in an unhealthy way because that uh, that's a hard lifestyle to keep up. But yeah, it is. It, it is a very hard lifestyle. It, it's uh, it's life on a volcano, as Wenger yeah. said, and it is not for the for the weak of mind. And you can tell he's doing everything he can to every inch of the club to fine tune it to make it work how we need it to. And you just love seeing that. So well said. Okay. Well, thanks for the broad thought. Oh, my last question. I almost skipped it. We, we talked a little bit about pushing it close, but how close do you think we are to, to doing it? Whether that be the league or the champions league, or maybe just taking that next step when we, we you've seen how much we've progressed Wait. under Mikel. How close are we to, to getting to something that we're going to be like, yeah, we did it. We're so close. It's just, I can pinpoint you the parts of the season where we just felt just a bit short or individual matches where we kind of, you know, 
just lost the plot for a bit, but there, there was times this season we were on track for 94 points, 90 mm. plus points, which is it's, it's good enough to win a league. I think even though there's Man City, like if you get 96, they'll probably get 98 points or something, something stupid like that. Right. But but even then, we're just we're so close to what what we're trying to do, and what Arteta's envisioning for this club. But, yeah, so I, I I can't tell you for sure how this team would you know play in a cup competition like the Champions League, but in in terms of the league, we they they've shown that they have enough consistency within the squad to you know go on these long runs of you know just winning games because that that's what you need now to win the league you need to go on that 15 14 15 game unbeaten run to win the league mm-hmm. and i think that this team has shown enough and, and that they're capable of doing that so we're we're closer than we believe we're so we just i can almost see it because and the these players are only going to get better because Martinelli has what like fifteen goals this season. Mm-hmm. Erdegaard, Erdegaard has probably fifteen goals, seven assists, or something. Like the numbers are already crazy as it is, and these guys are only going to get better. And there's only going to be more better players coming into the team that are going to be helping, helping our guys to you know realize their full potential. Man, you're saying all that, and then we still have to wait. Still have to wait ten weeks for the season to start. <laughs> oh, just get me to the get me to the Emirates Cup right now. I'll right, <laughs> you know things. Seasons like we have make the preseason uh, more exciting. I mean, everybody hates it, but you win. We all feel like Tyrone Biggums, and we need that next. We yeah. need that next hit. And you know, seeing the preseason last year, what we did to Chelsea was. Uh, Oh, yeah, that, wow. that, that four nil in in Baltimore, I believe, or Florida, I can't remember, but yeah. it was like, uh, okay, this is that, uh, that this is me. That was me watching the match in like a dodgy stream at three a.m. and I just couldn't <laughs> contain myself and how good we were. I was like, oh my god, this is serious. And the seeing Gabriel Jesus just dribble through the whole whole Chelsea <laughs> team, it's and like Saka move the way he was. It's just like you know what, this is levels. There's levels to this. There and is. Hopefully we can, you know, get another new signing over the line that can, you know, show us just glimpses of, you know, something special in the preseason. Because I remember when um, I think Gabriel Jesus came on versus Nuremberg and mm-hmm. he just came on. First thing he did, he just ran ran down the flank, one two, and he scored a goal. And I was like, this is this is special. That's, this... I think you could. That, I think the preseason tells you a lot about the intentions of the squad and mm-hmm. what they're trying to do for the whole season. That that Chelsea match just told everyone everything there is to know about what Arsenal was trying to do and obviously what Chelsea ended up doing as well for this season. It's something that if if you lose a preseason game, it's always preseason. But when you when yeah. you uh win convincingly it's like yeah because that's at the uh... end of the day it's still a football match. It's still eleven v eleven. So like I don't I know people like heavily discount preseason matches, but it tells a lot about the squad and the players and what how they're you know wired and what they're trying to do for the season. Absolutely excited, excited for that, but it will be patient and uh, yeah, we'll wake up every day needing to refresh that Twitter too many times to hope to, hope we get what we need. <laughs> yeah, man. 
Right on. Okay, let's go to some awards, talking through some more specific things. We'll start off first. What was your game of the season? My game of the season was uh, Chelsea away. Okay. Because that was, yeah, that was, I think, total and total domination for the whole 90 minutes. It was just like a 90 minute, 90 minutes of Arsenal team just doing rondos all over the pitch, just passing it around, just taking the pits. That's what it was. And obviously we got, we got our goal as well. We won one nil, but it was just total control over Chelsea at their ground, which is just, it was so good. Like I didn't realize at the time how good it was. And I, I kind of, I watched clips of the match um, I think yesterday, and it it just it was just full control from us, and you don't like doing that away in a away in another ground in the Premier League is quite special. The way we played against Chelsea, I think. Yeah, Chelsea is it, Chelsea was Chelsea this year, and and yeah, maybe yeah. <laughs> different than usual. But we buried a lot of demons this year, and that was one that I mean the scoreline didn't show it, but we were. We were I mean, tremendous. In fairness, we've had quite a good time at Stamford Bridge for for a couple of years now. To be honest, I think we're we're what, unbeaten in our last three matches there at least, off the top of my head. It's becoming so our we're, our satellite yeah, campus. Yeah, man, that's our place now. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully we can do it again next season. That would be a proper uh, proper away day to get to, no doubt. Um, I wish I wish I could get an away ticket in London. It's so so hard to get. Yeah, so hard to get. What about yours? What would you say your 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 match of the season was? Yeah, I think there's a lot of uh, matches that I was just as a fan, especially compared to last season and the previous seasons. Being a fan, you're just like, wow, we like I said, buried some some demons there, took a step. Uh, I think for me, just it has to be three two over Bournemouth because right. just I and I was afraid it was going to be like Danny Welbeck versus Leicester to where that was that was the goal that was the game that made you think we're going to push on now and unfortunately it it came up trophyless we came up trophyless but um, it was a, a special match definitely. special. In, in many ways, like that's one I think you're just going to watch back and remember how you celebrated, remember who you were with, remember, just remember the feeling, remember the hope that it gave you. Uh, and yeah, just and I hope I hope specifically for Reese Nelson individually, that gives him the courage to push on. I mean, he's he's uh, signing on and. You're just really hoping that he, he he just takes that confidence from that, and you know he's he's going to be an Arsenal folklore forever for that goal. Um, maybe not as much that we didn't win it, but I think there's some major levels to it, and just really, really prove that. It just pushed us closer than ever, and I think hopefully showed everyone that yep we we have this in us. We got to get there, but we have this in us for sure. And yeah, a truly special one that I won't forget. Thanks for Absolutely. thanks for bouncing that back. My next question is, what was your favorite goal of the season and why? Lots of candidates. I mean, he scored um, the most goals we yeah, had in a long time. I think um, you you kind of mentioned it, but Reese Reese Nelson's goal against Bournemouth. It was just 
the, I mean, the goal itself was ridiculous. Like he he volleyed it from the edge of the box with his with with his weak foot through all those bodies. Like mm-hmm. just forget about the occasion for a bit. It's just the goal itself was like insane. Yeah, technically but, yeah, so clean. Technically, yeah. Wow, so, what, what goal? But yeah, I'd say yeah, Reese Nelson's goal against Bournemouth probably my goal of the season. Obviously, as I told told you guys before, I was in the stands, you know, with all the guys. And, <laughs> yeah. There had to be I something. Was I was there. It <laughs> had to be said. had to be said. But yeah, it was, yeah, it was, a, it was a special goal and a special moment as well, as a whole. Yeah, I think, I think a reason why this season was so special is so many late wins, so many late goals. Yeah. And that late juice is, uh, it hits pretty different, and that was yeah, just. It took, it took a lot out of out of the Arsenal fans, especially. Mm. It takes. It is quite taxing. It's emotional. To celebrate. <laughs> it's very emotional. Yeah, <laughs> emotional rollercoaster we've been on with these late goals, like Man United, Aston Villa, Bournemouth, and I'm probably forgetting so many more. But it's just, yeah, it's very, it's very mentally taxing. I'd say. Yeah, you only have so many of those in you. And I just think law of averages, you can only do that so many times. But it's a sign of a good team finding a way to do it. And yeah. it's uh, as fans, it's so special. Like those are the ones you just you don't forget. And that's yeah. those are lovely memories for sure. I'm I'm gonna have to go with Reese as well. I mean, in the game of the season with the goal of the season. Some other great contenders I loved. Thomas Party versus Tottenham. And finally, he yeah. gets not only gets one on target, but buries it to open that up. Uh, Martinelli versus Liverpool was an electric goal. Uh, Vieira versus Brentford. Uh, Jesus versus Leicester early in the wow. season. Um, there, pl- there, plenty of others. Probably, I could say, Odegaard's um, goal versus Tottenham. Yes. Another one. And he had quite a similar goal against Newcastle as well to be fair. Indeed. Yeah, he's been he's been really special. Um next question, high point of the season. When when did you feel like I I guess uh, if you were to say high point or when you felt best uh, about this season? I I I'll go for a very specific moment. It's, this is when we were 2-0 up at, uh, at Anfield. Mm. I think that was the real real high point for me and that's when like you know all the juices were flowing through me and I was kind of imagining that you know what this might be happening where we might really be doing this I think when we went to like I think I tweeted like this 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 is really happening this is really happening obviously it's a shame that it didn't you know it didn't happen but you know that was a real high point and it kind of uh, it kind of showed what we were about because we all the previous years we've been battered at Anfield, we've been destroyed at Anfield, and just to go there and go turn it up like that, that was a special, special moment for the fans and it kind of for the mentality of the players as well. Obviously, it's a shame it didn't last long enough, but I think just when we went turn it up at Anfield, I'm I'm very sure the whole Arsenal fan base were kind of you know imagining all the great things that could have been yeah it's hard to disagree with that and that is as specific as it gets because it was just i mean i really think if we could have got to halftime that would have changed a lot of things yeah. that's that's the main thing i said because we were kind of under the cosh 
for the last 10 minutes of the half and we were like you know what if we can just hold out until half time and get to half time at 2-0 we could have had a chance but obviously we didn't but yeah, it was a, it was a special moment, I think, for me. Yeah, hard to hard to disagree with that because we were flying. That first thirty minutes, we were playing absolutely wow. untouchable, and like I said earlier, needed to bury some demons there. That would have been just a huge. I don't know. It's hard to know how City would have responded if we just went there and did that, and I hard to think they would have bat an eye about it because they're quite professional but yeah but man <laughs> high point of the season for sure what would you say is the low point i guess we have to go through that too the yeah the low point would probably be um uh losing to brighton at home three mm. mm. cool. yeah i think that was just the the moment if fully fully sunk in for me fully sunk in for me that the title was kind of gone now and you know we 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 done what we did this season but it, it kind of fell short and i think yeah at brighton at home it kind of all just like blew up in our face and it was it was kind of unfortunate because when i think the game week before we we won newcastle away and the only thing i kind of asked of the squad was to you know just finish with an unbeaten run and just push push Man City right to the end even if we don't win it it doesn't matter at this point but I think starting off from Brighton and going to Forest away we just kind of fell short and you could just see the energy just sapping out of the squad Mm. and it kind of just all like blowing up I think that was the only kind of low point of the season yeah, I'd, I'd say that. And, you know, seeing the Brighton fans, seeing the Emirates just empty out and the Brighton fans celebrating in the ground, it kind of kind of stunned, but it is what it is. We really seem to struggle with Brighton in April and May <laughs> yes. in the sunshine at yeah. the Emirates. I just, I hate to hate to see it because that PTSD uh, really comes yeah, in. Uh, I don't know what it is, but when they get to the Emirates, they, they get it going. They just, just, Play, they're just ruthless with their chances whenever whenever they are the Emirates. Like, if you watch Brighton play outside of Arsenal, they're not that ruthless, they miss quite a few chances. Uh, yeah, and they had just what it is, just got battered. What it is, yeah, I don't know what it is when they come to the Emirates, they just every single shot just goes in. I don't know what it is, I don't know what they say to themselves or do to in the warm ups at the Emirates. But it just something just works from the for them at, at uh, our ground. Yeah, let's hope we get them early home and away taken care of earlier in the season, and don't yeah. end, end with them in in the movie, the third fourth installment of the the trilogy that we continue to watch. Brighton in the sunshine at the Emirates not end well. <laughs> Yeah, I would give have me to Brighton go... on a cold day. Give me Brighton on a Boxing Day or something. Yeah. Just just get so... it over with. Something else. Yeah, put them up against it for once. I would say my low point, and it even wasn't at the time, uh, was losing at home to sporting. I wasn't too concerned, everybody. Mm. A lot of people, I mean, you coped with it and realized, hey, it's one less thing. We're pushing for the title. But, you know, we didn't know the Saliba situation. We didn't know the Tomiyasu situation. Tomiyasu's looked pretty bad. 
and uh, had international break. I surely thought Saliba would be back, but losing at home after the run we had had, giving up a goal like we did and then losing in penalties. It's, I think, certainly a moment that is easily forgotten, but I think the biggest part is losing Saliba and then losing Tomiyasu. I think Tomiyasu could have come in and, and I mean, he could have done a job. Uh, I'd like to think he could have done a job better than Rob Holding. So that was a, a double hammer blow if possible. So looking back, that had to be the low point of the season. Yeah, I'd say, uh, definitely. I think that sporting game took quite a lot out of us, even if the, the fan base didn't realize that at the time. Obviously, you know, going going out of Europe that early is never good. But, you know, it took mentally a lot out of us, you know, having to go the full stretch in the second leg and losing on penalties. And then, obviously, um, losing losing our key players as well, guys like Tommy Asu and Saliba that you mentioned. I think I think now, looking back at, at the game and, and at the whole time now, it, it took quite a lot out of out of, the, um, out of the club and it did quite a lot of damage to us as well. It was like, it was maximum damage with that, with mm. that whole tie, I think. Yeah. Well said. Well said. Uh, moving to an individual award, who would you give for our player of the season? Lots of yeah, candidates. Lots of candidates. Uh, hmm. I think I'll, I'll just go for Martin Martin Odegaard for me seems to be the consensus yeah. as I've as I've asked around. Yeah, I think if he if he asked me a couple months back, it would have been Saka, but he kind of just fell off a bit at the at the end of the season, which is I'm not too worried about it because he does play a lot of minutes and we don't really have a lots have of minutes for him. Yeah, we don't have any backups for him, so it's kind of natural that he and it's been a really long season with the World Cup and whatnot. But yeah, for me, for the season, Martin Odegaard, um, he's just—he's obviously, you know, he he controls and dictates our play, but he's given us the the attacking returns that I was looking for, mm. and I always had my doubts about, you know, Odegaard, you know, giving us those returns. I always thought he was a, you know, clean, tidy player on the ball to get us kicking and to get the ball moving around and you know, really contributing to our system. But I never expected him to, you know, he's got, what, like 15 Premier League goals a season or something like that? Yeah, he didn't know he had it in him. Yeah, I just didn't know he could do that. I just, I had no idea. So, you know, props to him. And, you know, he's he's, the, he's our captain as well. So he's, he's, especially with some of the away games, he's really been, like, leading us, leading us from the front and doing the job right from the front. You know, Newcastle away, Tottenham away. Even at Chelsea away, he was so good. So, and there's been many, many games where, you know, he's been the guy to break the deadlock or score. There's been so many thing matches this season where he's got like two goals, which is like, it's just such an amazing thing to see from, from him. Because obviously I always thought he was more of the creative guy, but he's turned into this output output machine for us, which is, which is never a bad thing. Yeah, definitely. And I felt like him, uh, he scored a lot of goals early too and mm. just set, set the tone. I felt like games when we scored early, we never had issues with. We could settle in, especially away games. 
he seemed to pop up with an early goal and things were pretty smooth sailing generally after that. So we'll be excited to see him, uh, see him push on for sure. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I know there's a, there's a couple, you know, people on Twitter that think he's not, he's not the right fit or not good enough for us. And that's just, it's just not, just don't never pay attention to that kind of stuff. This is the guy. <laughs> he was handpicked. Handpicked, yes. and he even got a little trial period with us on yeah. loan. And Mikel's like, he's my guy. He just looks. He looks like an Arsenal player. It's just I don't know what it is, but when 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 you see a player move and you know make some passes, and you see the slow mos of him doing what he does, it's just he is what an Arsenal player should be. It just oozes the class of yeah, the Wenger days, but ha- and has that that quiet confidence within him, uh, and mm. and just the elegance on the ball. And he's just he's the type of guy you just strap everything you have to. And thankfully, we have a couple of those guys. But to see him in his first season as captain, you just know like he's that guy and but he's yeah. so humble and as is Saka as a lot of the guys are and it's just easy to back them and just so thankful we have him like I look back at that loan and then the summer transfer saga where he was going back Madrid didn't name him in the roster and then all of a sudden we put that bid in and now he's ours and I just I just still can't believe how that all happened. It's amazing how that's happened and what he's done for us. Because he, he came in at such a low point. Yeah. Coming in on loan, and, it was, let's see what he can do. And even even when we were about to sign him permanently, there was a, you know, a lot of discourse that, is this the guy for us? And when there was like, you know, there was a Madison that was readily available. And everyone was thinking, you know, Madison... Mm-hmm. Is the guy for us, and he's the output machine we're looking for. But look, look how that's turned out now. <laughs> wow, mm. yeah, we can really yeah, look back at that yeah, now. Yeah, obviously, Madison is a great player, but you know, Odegaard has gone to a different level. Different level, and, I, and I'm pretty sure he's this season he's quite high up in the Ballon d'Or nominations as well. I don't know how, I don't know, is he is in the top 10 or not, but he's quite high up in the list. And again, only pushing on more. Yeah. Love that. And my last question, uh, I would go with Odegaard too for player of the season. My last question would be unsung hero of the season. Again, plenty of candidates and uh, probably hard to narrow it down, but give me one and then maybe give me some honorable mentions. I think uh, the main one for me is uh, Gabriel, Big Gabby. Mm -hmm. The He's just been holding it down for us, even with the with Saliba gone. He's just gone to a, a different level. I always kind of had my doubts about him, and I kind of sometimes felt he was, you know, limited with his passing options and passing range. But he's, especially after being, you know, snubbed uh, for the Brazil World Cup squad, he's just shown a different side to him, and he just controls our back line, and. That's and even if Salib is not there, he he's the guy in our defense, and he just you know he, it's kind of amazing to say this now, but he he has been like a calming influence for us at the back. Yeah, I think you can even look at the beginning of the season and think, I yeah. I, I myself was 
having some doubts. I mean, stuck on the ball a couple times, and I'm thinking, yeah, he can't he can't do it how we need to. And I, I think, and credit to him, he grew past that. And I mean, him and Saliba, I think we're getting shades of Toure, Sol Campbell. I, I don't want to jump ahead of things, but surely there are best center back pairing. I mean, looking at how physical they are, their pace and power, but how cerebral they are and good on the ball and have mm-hmm. have made made us almost impenetrable, especially just together. And uh, Big Gabby's been a big part of that. And, yeah, I definitely agree. He hasn't gotten the plaudits that he probably deserved quietly, signed that extension, and I, I think it's easy to really sleep on uh, on his influence, but also just – his growing uh, influence as a leader as well. And he's only, what, 25 years of age. So there's, there's still a lot to give and there are still improvements he can make within his game. But the way he's he's been accountable uh, for what we've done this season, he's just been amazing for us at the back. And obviously m- many people had doubts about him, but he's just shut them all up. With, with his performances this season. Definitely, definitely. I'll have to go with the Ben White. I Yeah. <laughs> that uh seeing that uh seeing that team sheet against Palace, I think myself and most included thought Saliba would be playing uh right back and it was just kind of going to be whatever, but all of a sudden Benny Blanco's charging up and down the flank and Yeah. just uh did not see that coming and i think he... with ben white he's he's one of those players because his technical level is so high and he's just such a good footballer as, as as footballers go i think he he's one of those players that could you know do a job for you in most most like many positions on the pitch but he's already he's already played as a dm he's played he did well as a center back for us He's done an amazing job as a right back for us, so he's just one of them players that I feel like you can just put him in any position and he'll just make it work. He'll figure it out. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he he's just. I think you're starting to see a theme with Arteta players. They have to be versatile. They have to be athletic yeah. and clean on the ball. And if you can do those things, you're going to be on the field. You're going to be used um, in whatever capacity that might be you'll be used and you'll be a huge part to the cog and um he's certainly certainly able to do that so i'm gonna go benny blanco was uh yeah was great to see i think you can give lots of shouts to underrated unsung heroes aaron ramsdale i think Mm. rarely got plaudits outside of big saves um uh, gabriel martinelli i still think He's going under my radar somehow. I don't know how yeah, possible, he but he has he has gone under the radar. You know, he's... I feel like he's <laughs> he's been one of the he's been one of the key players at least at this end part of the season. This, I guess, like this off season part or po- sorry, post season part where we've just like you know where you kind of need results, you just need goals, and he's just been the guy and like. I think he's he's kind of you know stepped up his game as the season progressed. Yeah, just you can see him. See, you can see so many guys is growing into a bigger role, and that's terribly exciting, for yeah. sure. So, 
we'll end it for for now. Anything else to say about the season? Uh, I mean, I'll, I'll kind of run out of words and superlatives for the season. I've said a lot, and a lot has been done, but it's just been a privilege, you know, just following Arsenal, going to the Emirates, going kind of up and down the country at some points, you know, following them. And it's just a special place to be and hoping and I hope long long may it continue and hopefully we get more of it next season and you know, more more European nights, uh and you know, more iconic venues that this team can discover and this fan base can go to again. Yeah, you can see that phase four loading and uh it's exciting. It's yeah. At the rate things have, have grown, it's hard to see it not continuing in that direction and that's awesome so well hey man it's uh it's been great having you on it's been really special getting to know you this year (laughs) through a common love of our club uh, miles apart but it's been it's been really cool and i'm just excited uh to vicariously live through you being at the ground (laughs) and uh, getting to hear all this seeing seeing the picks seeing the comps and uh yeah, Until I can make it over, I'm just again. I'm just gonna have to uh, lean on you to give me as much of the much of it as you can. So okay. definitely, man. And yeah, it's been a you know it's been a pleasure and a privilege to you know, to talk to you and talk to all the other guys on the podcast and just you know interacting with everyone in the Arsenal social media space. It's just a privilege, you know, to talk to all of these different people of different backgrounds and different places and it's just amazing amazing what you know we've been able to do this season. yeah it it brings people together like not many other things can do so Definitely. that's yeah. been absolutely special so do you want to plug your uh twitter handle and let us know if uh, there's yeah, anything you're working the usual, on the usual uh rational on twitter yes hopefully like a little Erdegaard edit at some point oh, our, our player yeah, of the season yeah, my player of the season, so it's only right I make a little video on him. Yeah, that's what I'm working on. Looking forward to that, my friend. Well, hey, thanks for jumping on. I'm sure we'll be uh, chatting over this uh, this transfer window quite a bit, and definitely, and uh, well, maybe we'll do it again, uh, hopefully with some new signings to talk about. Yep. Right on, bro. All right, thanks for your time. We'll catch you later. All right. Thank you very much.